Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Connie. And I'm Danny. And as God is transforming the seasons into this beautiful fall moment, God is also seeking to transform our hearts and lives through the celebration of worship. We're glad that you've joined us. Come on in. The first reading comes from Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what it is, the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of the glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all, rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and has made him the head of all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is taken from the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 12. We are reading verses 22 through 29. That is Hebrews 12, 22 through 29. Listen for the word of the Lord. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better world than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicated the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
So we are here on our Consecration Sunday, on our All Saints Day, a day where we give thanks from where we have come, where we are, and definitely where we are going. It is an exciting day. It's a way that we look back and we think about all of those people who gave all that they had, all that they were, to follow Christ and serve Christ in their time. Think about how many since those first disciples, when Jesus ascended and the Spirit descended at Pentecost and sent them out, from that point to now has been every Christian everywhere around the world. Every Christian that has asked questions and sought guidance. Every Christian that has been baptized and taken communion. Every Christian that has joined with others to proclaim that Christ has risen. Every child that has been taught in Sunday school, every youth that has been with other youth to celebrate and ask questions in their own journey, every adult and older adult of every generation has continued to do their faithful part so that we could be here in Columbus, Georgia on November 1st in 2020. What an amazing inheritance we have. We spoke a little bit about this last week. And you think about an inheritance that you receive from a loved one or some other place, maybe work for a museum or an or a educational institution, and you get some kind of inheritance that then is passed. Do you keep that inheritance and not share it? Of course not. That inheritance is meant for action, to do something in your life or in the life of that institution that had received that inheritance gift. The same is true with us. In receiving the generations of saints that walk before us, we inherit all that we celebrate, all those ways that we praise God all those ways that we are thankful and we know it and we clap our hands. And this is the day that we share it, that we recommit ourselves to this journey. Our definition as Protestants of saints does not mean that you have to have died to be a saint. It is all of those who actively follow Christ. I'm looking at a room full of them. That's right. I'm looking at all of you, looking at all of you. We don't often feel like saints, I know. But it is particularly the fact that we receive what has been given, the gifts of God, the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, that brings us into the realm of saints. That doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we f don't fall down. It doesn't mean we don't turn away from God. It doesn't mean we don't ask questions. It doesn't mean we don't have seasons when we run in the opposite direction. It means we are on this journey and we are on it together. 
If we look at Paul's letter in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, it is a prayer of thanksgiving. Listen to see if this letter that Paul wrote for this church or a series of churches could be written to First Presbyterian Church. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Could Paul come back to Columbus, Georgia in 2020 and hear of our faith and love and acts in Christ? I believe so. I hope so. Even in the midst of our shutdown, we have continued to be church. We have continued to reach out to others because it's too important, our calling as a church and as individual Christians. To be a saint means that you have responsibility. To be a saint means that we know all that God has done for us and we have to let others know so that they know it is for humanity. It is why we have been given gifts. And it is why on this Stewardship Sunday, we make our commitments, we make our pledges to ensure that this church family will continue to follow God, to worship God, to be led by God's Holy Spirit, to tell others and bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to grow this family in faith and all body of Christ. It's a pretty big responsibility. And one that sometimes is a dangerous an obstacle-filled journey, and yet at times it is filled with peace and faith and love and joy and hope. My goodness, does the world need any of that today? The world need any of that on Tuesday and every day and month and year following until we know the results? Yeah, of course. Stewardship, yes, of course, is about, and as any group does, we have to pay the light bills, we have to pay the staff, we have to pay the maintenance, we have to keep up this beautiful space that has been given to us by those who preceded us and will continue for those who come after us. But more than that, stewardship is the way that we live our lives in gratitude for what God has done for us, not in fear, not out of fear of God's wrath, you making your pledge is not hell insurance. You following Christ is not hell insurance because you're afraid of what a vengeful and vindictive God will do to you and we're waiting to be slapped down at any moment. That is not who God is. That is not who Christ is. That is not who the Holy Spirit is. If this wrathful God were the, the God that we know, Christ would never have been sent. And we'd have to deal with our own sin and punishment. There would be no way home to God when we turn and turn away and turn away. We would have to pay the fee that we cannot. But God loved us to the point where God sent Christ. And that's where we give thanks. Verse 18 says, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? 
I saw a quote from Bishop Gerald Kennedy. He connected a drama critic's definition of theater with an understanding of church. The theater, said the critic, is the dwelling place of wonder. And isn't that fun when you go to to the theater to see a show? It is all wonder. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. The theater is a place of wonder. But this bishop connected it to the church and said the church is a dwelling place of wonder. And if it's not, it should be. So easily we get caught up in the day-to-day of church that we forget all that we are doing and all the ministry and all the ways that our love and discipleship in Christ ripples out to our families, the neighborhood, the community, the world. We always think other churches are doing it smarter and better. We always think in terms of numbers, if it's bigger, certainly it's better. Friends, it just ain't the case. That's one indicator, yes. But Jesus started with 12, not 12,000. And today we celebrate how to continue to make this a place of wonder, the church. Look at this stained glass and the light coming through. It is a place of wonder. Listen to the scripture that we have been gifted with and we read it and we think about it and we proclaim it and we study it and we share it. This is a place of wonder. We celebrate with our family, church family victories, and we weep with tragedies and death and loss. This is a place of wonder. We serve others in Christ's names in this place, in the community, in the nation, and in the world. This is a place of wonder. The world needs our witness now more than ever before. On Tuesday, as I mentioned, there's an election. And I want us to remember that no matter who wins, God's kingdom is more important and God is still in charge. Listen, Psalm 146 from the message. Love the message, Eugene Peterson. Don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of life, of salvation life. Mere humans don't have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. Instead, get help from the God of Jacob. Put your hope in God and know real blessing. And then down through the end to verse 10 says, God's in charge always. Somebody is going to win and somebody is going to lose this election. It might even be good to go ahead and think of the person you didn't or aren't voting for as the person who wins and start to prepare yourself for that. If you win, great, celebrate. If not, then be prepared. Recommit yourselves to your faith, your public service, but know that what's more important than who gets elected president is that we have been elected as the followers of Jesus Christ by a God who is in charge always. If you and your side lose, discouraging, I know it. 
But we are called to a higher purpose. We are called to live our faith, yes, through the public square, but to realize that both sides, both parties, both candidates, tickets all the way down, well-meaning people doing the best that they can, but they are broken and sinful people. It is a broken and sinful system, although we rely on it and we celebrate our constitution, our government as this country. It's flawed because we're all flawed. What isn't flawed? God who is in charge always. So if we are on the losing side, if you need to protest, protest. That is in our DNA. But let us not resort to violence. If we have control over corners of our life, help those who lose or who um, voted for the candidate that lost see that that is not the way forward. We are still a multi-party system. We continue to have checks and balances even if one party takes all three. Our calling is higher. We are to be faithful and live in the public square, do our civic duty, absolutely. But we are Christians in a more higher and more direct and more passionate and important way. We have to witness to the world that Christ has been raised in the way that we live our lives. Does the world need to see it? It is a divisive mess out there. I don't want us to contribute when we're out there and not in here. I want us to take in here out there so that they too know that there is hope no matter what happens, no matter who gets elected at whatever election in whatever time period. It's important, it's a big one, and you need to vote. But again, to give up on all hope if your side loses is to give up on the God who is in charge always. So as we prepare to come and bring our pledges, our tithes, our offerings, I want us to think about saints of the past who gave of themselves, who poured into us their love of Jesus Christ, who got us to this point, who we have inherited this faith community given by God. What a joy it is to be a member of this church and to follow Christ as difficult and challenging as it is. We need to keep this place a place of wonder. I see our co-chairs, James and Elizabeth, up here who've had a word for us just about every week. They are four. Four. Couldn't be cuter, either one of them. That's good thinking, right? Work y'all with the kids. Thank you. In 13 years, they will be 13, 14 years. They'll be seniors in high school, 17, 18. Our tradition at this church is to have our seniors give a sermon during Youth Sunday. What will they say? What will they remember? What will they lift up that will happen to them in the next 13 years? Will we be there for them to help them grow through Sunday school, through youth group, through young adulthood, through young family, through middle age, through older adults? It's a little bit after, 
In the next 13 years, will we live our baptismal vows? Will they look back and say, yeah, gosh, I remember when the Gilberts came over and talked to me or invited me to go here. I remember when Sally taught me Sunday school. I remember the Geralds were there. They were so nice and they welcomed me and my friends. I remember, I remember, I remember it all meant so much to me. Vicki did a little bit of that in her moment. For us to be faithful to our past saints, we are the saints now. They are the saints in the future. Let us continue to make this a place of awe, of love, of grace, and of the wonder of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Let us collect our tithes, our offerings, and make our pledges. Amen.